1: Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with.
0: And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com.
1: And you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes or Google Play.
0: Today, we are returning to romantic comedies with another classic that I haven't seen, and this one is really egregious. It really is. I am so sorry I haven't seen this, but we are going to fix it today. We're watching When Harry Met Sally. The movie follows characters played by Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, shockingly named Harry and, wait for it, Sally.
1: (gasps) Spoiler!
0: Oh my god, from when they first meet in college through several later encounters in their adult lives, it's written by Nora Ephron, directed by Rob Reiner, and considered a landmark in the genre. And I have never seen it.
1: Yeah. And as you just acknowledged, that's pretty bad.
0: Yeah. Well, especially because like two of Rob Reiner's other films, Spinal Tap and Princess Bride, are among my favorite movies of all time. This one is just a complete, like, you know, why have I not gotten around to this
1: movie? It really, really, really aggressively is. Especially because as we discovered at the... Well, as I said at the end of our last episode, and you apparently didn't know, also Carrie Fisher is in this movie. Like, there's so... <laughs> no idea. Uh, oh, You're impossible. But yeah. we're fixing it right now. Um, and luckily, because it's a like, well-known, beloved, popular movie. It's very easy to find. That's um good. It's on Hulu. Uh, so I have
0: no excuse. I really have no have excuse. You
1: have no excuse at all. Especially because it's on TV, like, all the time, too. I mean, yeah. I... Obviously, I have sat down and watched this movie numerous times, but most of the times that I've seen most of this movie have been, like...
0: Bits and pieces on TV. Where you come in
1: halfway through on Bravo or whatever. Like, this movie's on TV all the damn time. <laughs> okay. Um Okay, so... You can see it, however, on demand. Um, actually, it's probably on some on-demand service or other. Also, though, it's on Hulu uh, if you subscribe to Hulu. Um, and it's also available to rent for, I think, two ninety-nine on iTunes and on Amazon. And if you're really feeling committed, you can also buy it uh, for about 10 bucks on YouTube, Google Play, or Vudu.
0: Or if you're me, you can buy the DVD several years ago and have it sitting right in front of me and never you... have
1: opened it. Make no sense at all. Like <laughs> as a human being, you don't.
0: I collect DVDs. No, no. I saw you recently post about this on social media. I collect DVDs the way that you collect no, you... books. I oh, will, books, I will yes. buy okay. stuff on the idea that maybe I'll watch this someday, and I I just won't get around to it for years. So, quit pro, pro. Our DVD addic- our
1: DVD addictions are so different though, because my DVD addiction is specifically to like bargain basement priced movies that I watch all the time. Right, like I see like one of my all time favorite movies for five ninety nine at Target, and I can't stop myself, especially because Target exactly. has a whole five ninety nine section. Um, <laughs>
0: product placement, no.
1: Yeah, really. no. What?
0: I was saying product placement, but not really. Yeah, I, no, I not really. We're... But
1: it's not just Target. <laughs> I mean, it's grocery store checkouts and like all manner all manner of places where there might be discount DVDs. I buy them all the time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's a super healthy habit, uh, and you should go watch that DVD that you've been not watching for years.
0: Let's go do that. We're back. We've just watched When Harry Met Sally, directed by Rob Reiner, starring Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, and also Carrie Fisher and Some Guy with a Mustache. I don't know who, what his name is. Uh, it's funny
1: because, like, in my in my mind, um, I think of him as the guy with the mustache who is the groom <laughs> of the second wedding in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Um, wait, it's the same actor. It's not the same actor. Okay, but in my brain, I think it's the same actor. And every time I watch the movie, I'm like, oh wait, it's not the same actor. And okay. he's in he he plays like a similar role in a couple other things. And like because of this guy's aggressive thick mustache, like in my mind, it's that same actor. And literally every time I watch this movie and it shows up on screen, I'm like, oh right, it's not that guy. How weird.
0: <laughs> well, uh, before we get to what I thought of this movie and aggressively thick mustaches, uh, Emily. Why do you, why did you, uh, why do you love Harry Met, when Harry Met Sally so much?
1: Um, well, uh, there's my gender and all stereotypes relating there too. (laughs) Um, I think you'd be hard pressed and not to, not to speak in broad stereotypes because I certainly don't like to do that. And I, you know... Don't believe in in gender roles and stereotypes about media. Only but so
0: speak in absolutes, Emily. <laughs> I
1: don't speak in absolutes, except to say that I don't speak in absolutes. But you'd be hard pressed to find many women, but also people who have seen this movie and don't love it because it's the freaking best. Ah, um, uh, oh my god! Like I don't even know. <sighs> I don't even know where to start, but I think. I'll just pick one thing almost at random. Um, Although I will say it's something I notice as a pattern in most of the of the like romantic movies that I keep returning to, um, which is that one of my favorite things is. And it's kind of rare because most of them, the timeline is pretty quick and you marriage plot and you see them get engaged and that's the end you know, which we've been doing since Jane and Austin, who I love to pieces. But um, you know, I have a real soft spot for for rom coms that have an actual lived in relationship, um, and that's I mean. That's one of the reasons that I love uh, that I love Sharon Josh in Clueless. Okay. Um, and that I love. Um,
0: at first I thought you said said Sharon like S H A R O N. No, Josh, no, was like, no, is Cher- Sharon Horowitz
1: and Josh. Um, from <laughs> Clueless, because you know they're they're very much a lived-in relationship that just sort of comes to realize they're in love with each other. Or right. um, I mean, there's a million other examples for movies you probably haven't seen, like in Two Weeks' Notice. Um you they do a similar thing it's it's a shorter span of time it's not 12 years but it's uh-huh. um you similarly they spend like every waking moment together so like they have they have a more they have a they have a lived-in relationship that has like they know you know that they know each other really well they know each other's ups and downs and faults and history you know what i mean like
2: right unlike
1: so many of these movies and many 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 of the drastic number of imitators that that come after this movie um you know don't do that and and mm-hmm. do you know have some people who fall in love over if you stop and think about it it's really just the course of like a weekend or something you know <laughs> and so I just it's so wonderful to see two characters and it just feels I don't know it just feels it just feels like real life in that way you There's know a sense
0: of, of history and a sense of like you know this isn't just a whirlwind Disney romance where it's just like, oh, I just met you and, and we're, now we're going to get married. It really feels like, oh, these people have had time to think about, as as we see at the end of the the movie, uh, his his whole list uh, for, for reasons for loving yes. her. That, yes,
1: yes, uh, and then when you things. and then when you when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with someone you want the rest of your life to start right. Now.
0: Should we should we pause the podcast there? <laughs> no, I'll be
1: fine. But that's that's the thing that's the thing that turns on the waterworks cuz I yeah. as you know, I wasn't kidding when I said to you before we started recording this Okay, drying my tears. Ready to record the <laughs> podcast.
0: Well, so funny story, I actually uh rewatched Casablanca just last night. Like your timing is impeccable. Oh wow. Uh I went to there's a movie theater near me that shows old movies and so they were doing a double feature of to be or not to be in Casablanca. Um and I yeah, well, that's Casablanca. Great. Yeah, so so as as soon, as soon as that popped up, I was like, oh, wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, well, and that's yet another thing that I love about this movie is, like, they do so many things, like, that are so good and so smart, like like, referencing back to, like, acknowledging that we all have a cultural framework for this, you know what I mean? Like, we all exactly. have a framework for romances and how we think they work and how they work in movies you know like that's such a good thing to do it's anyway i'm sorry hair. i steamrolled what yeah. should be you talking about what you thought of this
0: movie. <laughs> uh this is like the least surprising reveal ever i love this movie yes! I, th- I thought it was great. i'm yeah. so
1: shocked <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yeah you know you are I, a human I,
1: being with a soul so this,
0: this is true it's it's been in question at times but now it's true um so <laughs> i uh yeah i totally agree with what you're saying about this feeling like lived in And um, it really did feel – at first I was a little bit unsure because it felt like we were getting like a greatest hits sort of montage. I felt like every single conversation they were having was like, you know – very Nora Ephron. That's like
1: just because like... Nora Ephron wrote them. I mean it's like it's yeah, exactly. that's one of those things that's like one of the great possible script writers for your life, right? Like yeah, we, exactly. would if all, you could have we would her all, write all sound all of your we would all sound like the most brilliant people in the world if <laughs> uh if Aaron Sorkin scripted our lives and we would all have brilliant comedic timings, perfect comebacks to everything, and incredible insight on human relationships, if our lives were all scripted by Nora Ephron. like <laughs>
0: <laughs> That should be a movie. It should just be Aaron Sorkin and Nora Ephron competing to, you know, they should write write the lives of two people who are dating, or something like that, you know? <laughs> oh, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, for so this movie, uh, yeah, I mean, wonderful screenplay here. I, I feel like uh, it's something that I was initially unsure about, because I felt like you know, it might wear out its welcome, sort of the the snappiness in the, in the of, of the dialogue. But thankfully, that that's not the trick, not the case. It really did feel at the end like we had this this catharsis of just like you know these these could be real people who maybe we just saw the highlights of the, of their of their dialogue. Maybe we didn't see too many of the quiet you know boring moments, but that doesn't matter because yeah, I really like this movie a lot. I like these characters a lot, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just. um, I was all the notes I was taking for the most part were just like, "Oh man, that's a great line, that's a great line, that's a great line so I really think I you know I keep on going back to the screenplay as just like you know um the real standout star of this for me more than I, even even though I loved all the actors involved,
1: yeah, no, this I mean the screenplay is fantastic. there's so many great lines in there, whether they're they're you know the the brilliant. The brilliant confession of love, quotable confession of love.
0: I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely. And it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible.
1: I don't know how many of the—I don't think you've seen enough to know that that's a thing that you require, but that's a thing that you require. You have to have that line at the end yeah. of the movie. Oh yeah, no, um, no, I, I, get that. I got that. <laughs> I could—I could rattle off—I could rattle off a hundred of them to you right now, off the top. <laughs> probably not a hundred, but I could rattle off quite a few off the top of my head right now.
2: so I was standing there in the church and. The first time in my whole life, I realized I totally and utterly loved one person. And it wasn't the person standing next to me in the veil, it's the person standing opposite me now, in the rain.
0: Is it still raining? I hadn't noticed.
2: Last night when we were fighting I thought this was over And I was gonna leave you alone And just Take off But Then I realized I'd rather fight with you Than make love with anyone else I don't wanna not make plans I wanna make
0: And don't forget,
2: I'm also just a girl,
1: standing in front of a boy, asking him to love her. That would be a fun game. How many of these do you recognize? (laughs) And Well, and actually, that's that's something I was um, thinking of. I'll get to that in a second. But anyway, you know, there's that wonderful line, but then there's also like, uh a million a million little lines that are just like hilarious but also like just super perfect and illustrate characters and also like the world like um when when Carrie when uh, Meg Ryan has just broken up with Her boyfriend off screen, and she's having lunch with Carrie Fisher and the other friend. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Carrie Fisher says about like about her breakup is, "You had someone to go places with. You had a date on national holidays." (laughs) And
2: it's like that's such
1: a a, like perfect thing because it's like it's one of those things that's like minor and superficial, but it's also one of the things that you miss the most. when you've been in a relationship and then you get out of the relationship it's like yeah you miss the person and you miss the companionship and you miss the day in day out stuff but like I don't know kind of the time the times when it stings the most are very often like you think you're doing okay and then you realize you don't have a date on whatever upcoming day it is when everyone else is doing a coupley thing like uh, but it's just one little sentence and it says that instead of my rambling inability to, because I am not scripted <laughs> by Nora Ephron, sadly.
0: <laughs> if only we all could be. I know. Um, it's sad. But I, I, I guess the other thing about this that I really liked was because, I, like I said, the is great, and then the actors, the, the chemistry is so strong that... They can accomplish this just by talking about something like it's really c- rowing against the show don't tell rule. Where like in another movie we would see the bad date where Meg Ryan's date like pulls out her hair and starts flossing with it, like that would be a big you know played for laugh scene. And here it's funny and it's charming just to hear her talk about how bad it was when they're when they're rolling out Billy Crystal's carpet, you know.
1: Yeah, not every not every actor can pull that off.
0: <laughs> it's like deceptively difficult to do. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean Billy Billy. Crystal Crystal and Meg Ryan are pretty... About as about up up there with as good as it gets on on ability to do the, <laughs> that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the thing is that I, like
0: yeah. I, I knew Meg Ryan from You've Got Mail, also written by Nora Ephron. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that I had seen that when I was a kid, and so that that's a movie that I've just seen on TV a bunch just because like I was familiar with, it. and it's like oh yeah, this is on. Um, but then Billy Crystal, I mainly before the other than this have known him in small parts like uh, Miracle Max from Princess right. Bride. I know him as Mike Wazowski from Monsters Inc. And not I know small, him as... but
1: also not visible.
0: Right, exactly. Not not a small role, but yeah, <laughs> uh, but small small character. Um, and then uh, as an awards show host. So it's like oh, this yeah. is a very different role than anything I've seen him in, and I'm kind of surprised that I haven't that he hasn't really gone. He didn't go like the Tom Hanks route where he he's been in, or maybe I'm just unaware of. Let's see. I see. I've also seen him analyze this, which is different from this. Like, I don't know. It, it, feel, it feels like there's a lot of, of talent and potential well, that like, you see in this. Well,
1: like, unlike, unlike um, Meg Ryan, he did not become um, – he never became synonymous with this type of movie. I mean, Meg Ryan right, is – Right, but I'm not saying Meg necessarily Ryan is a rom-com. But in, like,
0: I'm not necessarily saying a rom-com, but I feel like I haven't seen him in live-action comedies in the same way that I've seen – I don't know – it seems. It seems. Seem, seems like he he maybe uh, like didn't get as many good roles after this or something like uh, maybe he says a bad agent. I don't know. <laughs> like like compared to his potential or compared to his you know.
1: Uh I don't know. I guess yeah. you're, you're kind of right. I don't know. I guess he was doing other things. I don't really know.
0: Anyway, that's a small point.
1: No, it is. Well, and it is like it is very different because a lot of people, um, a lot of actors, do really end up in in similar things over and over i mean um meg ryan is in a million of these you know she, oh, there's yeah. this and sleepless in seattle and you've got mail and uh uh kate and leopold okay <laughs> um, I see that one. <laughs> you haven't seen kate and leopold Mm-mm. um and also i mean as you mentioned tom hanks is in several of them including sleepless mm-hmm. in seattle and you've got mail hugh Grant obviously is in yep. a million um Julia Roberts did a whole bunch of them like yeah it is it is oh my god like Catherine Heigl now and and mm-hmm. uh Kate Hudson anyway none of this matters the point is <laughs> it is it is um it is a little odd that he's not in more things but he only yeah. does fantastic things i guess i don't know
2: yeah
0: high bar for when when he does yeah <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um, um. So one thing I another thing that I wanted to talk about as well, and I am far from the first person to point this out. It's mm-hmm. by no means an original thought in my head. But like part of the other reason that I like wanted you to see this movie, not just because I love it and it's great, but it's also kind of like the it's kind of like the romcom. There were plenty before it. Plenty, Mm. plenty, 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 going back to the earliest days of movies. But, you know, it really, um, it really kind of like defines and exemplifies that genre and Mm Like most rom-coms since are like sort of trying to be it and not necessarily Uh, literally trying to to be this movie, but there's a lot of stuff that a lot of them do that like that this movie does like the 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 grand quotable line at the end. Although Mm -hmm. I don't think that's probably not an invention of this movie. Not saying any of this is necessarily an invention of this movie, but sure. But it's set a
0: standard for for the future for everything after.
1: Right. And also the thesis. The fact that there's a thesis and we're testing a thesis—men You mean men and, men and women, women can't, can't be friends because the sex yeah. always gets in the way—that's um, a thing. Like, yeah. like most—I mean, that's a that's a and question you could probably argue infinitely in life. Um, but also, like that that idea of like movies having a thesis, like rom coms having a thesis like that. Right. Sometimes it's something that they explicitly say and then repeat in voiceover as the characters <laughs> having a <laughs> montage, realizing that they're in love with a person. As in this, sometimes it's just kind of like, it's like, we're more just testing a theory. Like, the premise of the movie itself is testing a theory. Right. So, like, My Best Friend's Wedding, for instance, like, they don't, there's nobody, like, repeating a thesis like this over and over again the way they do in this. But the whole thing is kind of a question of, like, you know, she thinks of Dermot Mulroney's character as the one who got away. And it's kind of testing the question of, like, well, what would happen if you... Did everything in your power to get the one that got away, and like, uh, are they really the one that got away? Got I, that's it. that's just that's just like, you know, a, a thought that I'm having. Or there are some again that do it explicitly, like uh, the Wedding Date, which is one of my favorite movies. But I think I've already promised I'm not going to make you watch. Um, I
0: think you recapped quite a bit of it. I did in... <laughs> recap
1: quite a bit of it in one particular. Uh, in one particular. Episode of a pre- I feel previous like I've seen it though. Episode of the podcast. <laughs> well, no, I recapped like the opening conversation of the I movie because it was relevant. Anyway, but that in that one, um, ha- that one has this idea that uh every woman has the exact love life that she wants, mm. and so like if you don't, like, it's kind of up to you to change it, kind of. Um, and that's like, and they, they, it's much more like this, where it's like somebody says it in an article, and then it keeps coming up, and then it keeps coming up, and then like the final like deciding what's going to happen romantically in the end of the like the climax of the movie is someone quoting it back to the main character saying like, you know, I read someone once said, you know, every woman has the love life that she wants, but I refuse to believe that this is what you want. And she's like, oh, shit, you're right. and Runs after the man, you know like
0: I, the thing that comes to mind for me for my more limited rom-com <laughs> knowledge is uh Annie Hall is is kind of the way that Woody Allen's voice ever bookends it where he's telling the old Catskills jokes where you know um it's like you know oh the mood, food here is so, so so lousy and such small portions and then at the uh, and then the end of the movie uh he needs the eggs um i feel i feel like that's kind of the um you know the i guess it's not one unifying thesis but it but it's kind of the idea of trying to draw out sort of a, not a, quite a moral, but sort of a statement out of, you know, whatever happens in, in your love life.
1: Like. Yeah. Well, and see, and that, you know, again, does not, it, that certainly proves the point that, that this movie is not the first one that thought of this idea. Right. Because right, um, right. that long predates it. And actually I was, um, I was texting my mom because I was like, it was driving me crazy because I was like, this is a thing I've thought for a long time that like rom-coms feel the need for a thesis. And I think that, is like largely their effort to be when Harry met Sally, but I was having yeah. a hard time thinking of a specific example. So I was texting my mom and various <laughs> friends and my mom, my mom brought up Moonstruck. Well, Moonstruck predates this uh. by a couple years, but it also, it also has a similar, a little bit of a, a little bit of a thesis that like both characters have a, uh, have like, have like this, this, sort of similar world outlook that they're, they're like undeserving of true happiness or something and then they like realize they're wrong. I haven't
0: seen this movie. Oh my done. fucking God! <laughs> Jesus you've never
1: seen Moonstruck?
0: It's been on my Netflix queue. You've I think never seen the, the movie
1: that won Cher her Oscar.
0: This is correct. This is a true fact. Oh, okay well we're gonna Well, You've never
1: seen the only good thing that Nicolas Cage has ever done. I mean really good. Actually good. Like legitimately a good acting turn. Not, adaptation
0: was good. I like adaptation. Yeah,
1: no, adaptation is good. Fine, but I mean, like yeah. for the most part, like ninety percent. a
0: think of that, though. I yeah, was thinking of other stuff. Is, no,
1: oh my god, no, but Moonstruck, <laughs> Moonstruck is is unequivocally not so bad. It's good, good. Oh my god, oh my god, it's not
0: Con Air. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: Okay, well, that's going on our <laughs> podcast list in on case list. you couldn't tell. It. Anyway, uh, yeah. So um, it, that one of one of many, uh, and actually, I mean to to return to. Uh, to return to this idea of a thesis i mean like sex in the city like the 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 kind of structural uh, the the organizing structure of most episodes of sex in the city especially earlier on is like that she's writing her column and her mm-hmm. column every episode is uh, all about a theme and so it's like every episode is kind of structured around some kind of romantic either thesis or like test of a premise kind of yeah. you know Yeah. Um, that's what I have to say um, about that Every everything <laughs> since has been trying to be When Harry Met Sally for obvious reasons
0: I could totally see that yeah uh, has anything lived up to that bar for you since then has anything surpassed this
1: Surpassed.
0: Or or at least roughly
1: equaled it. Um Yeah. The thing, like, yes, I mean there are there are movies from since this since this movie that I love just as much, if not more, than this movie for sure. Yeah. I'm having a hard time thinking of of <laughs> of, of like a specific example. And the thing is that I would never I would I don't know that I would ever go so far as to say surpassed. Just sure. because like I don't know. They're different. I mean, well, I mean, for starters, four weddings and a funeral came out four years after this. <laughs> I was going
0: to ask if that was. before Yeah, that's nineteen
1: ninety four. So, so that yeah. came out after this, and we know how I feel about that. Yeah, um, well, that one too, aggressive, so. aggressively positive and emotional feelings I have about that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the the thing is that there's there's um. Well okay, so here's another thing I was thinking about as I was watching it yeah. in their various efforts to be this movie um, you know some some movies succeed and some movies f- fail miserably and most of the ones that fail do so by kind of missing what's great about this and trying to mm-hmm. uh, trying to like hit the beats without actually doing what this movie does um, okay. you know so a lot of a lot of them have um, a lot of them follow like some similar tropes. For instance, the idea that like there's this like super uptight, super uptight control freak woman who really just needs to like let loose and learn to live. And, you know, the guy who seems like he's totally wrong for her actually turns out to be the one who like teaches her how to like let her hair down or whatever. Right. Right. Which is broadly speaking, you could say that's a, a large part of the narrative of this movie. Oh, yeah. Except that, you know. He spends a lot of the movie, like, arrogantly telling her stuff like that, and she takes him down a peg. And right. the whole movie actually kind of, like, I don't know, like it more plays on that being a dynamic that we think is happening in the world. But she's actually like, no, that's not real. Uh, it, you you know, it, could, you it, could it, argue,
0: though, that, like, maybe her initial you know meeting with him when they're in the car trip that, that had a more profound impact on her than she would admit to herself right that where he's kind of you know saying like you need to have good sex you know that seems to then the next time he, he meets her she seems to be much more fulfilled with with, with life with you know
2: so. yeah
1: well and I mean they've also they also grow up like they're not right. like it Id- right. like idiot just out of college students you know not that sure. people just out of college are idiots but <laughs> we, I think we all can look mm-hmm. back on ourselves at that time and be like god I have I, I am
0: slowly approaching the age where I am going to say people just out of college are idiots. I'm I am not quite there. I have yet, such,
1: but. I have such, you know, less like blinky, doe eyed, like <laughs> ideas about the world, you know. But um, anyway, I am not saying that the movie fully subverts that trope at all. I mean, there is an extent to which they both temper each other a lot, you know. T- but, but. But it happens in a much more in a much more organic, realistic way that also ha- really helps both of them. You know, like she <laughs> she takes him down several pegs from his like arrogant, like I know more about the world than everyone, and you know these like glib pronouncements that he's always making about people that are like, right. what the fuck are you basing this on, dude? You're twenty. Calm down. <laughs> you know, and like. However,
0: she- he does. I, I I appreciate a great callback, and I love the fact. That near the end, when she's calling him after after Joe's getting married, that he's just finishing a book, meaning he's just just read the last page of the book. That that's apparently yeah. something he still does, yes. you know, yeah. a decade later. I, I I love a good callback, and that was one of the best I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. But so so you know, what my point though is that in this movie, they much more like like reasonably and in a good way that helps both of them. They they temper each other because they fit each other, right. they balance each other out, which is like. These are the things that we look for in our relationships, right? Um, and, you know, tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of hacky rom-coms since, you know, try to do that, but that's they never get any further than, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker is super uptight and literally, literally never takes her hair down. Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. meanwhile, is 35, but still living with his parents and, you know, like a total, like... Slouched. what even what the hell does he even do with his time you know yeah. and she needs him to her her I think what happens in that one is her parent his parents like hire her or in some way just force them push them together to try to get her to like get him out of the house but you know right. he ends up really teaching her how to let her hair down <laughs> you know what i mean like tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of movies do like these sort of hacky rehashes that yeah. really kind of miss the things that this movie does really well. To get back to your original point of movies meeting or surpassing this, I think that, um I think that there there are other rom coms since this that are Mm. super good and that do wonderful things. Um, but the best ones are the ones that that, you know, transcend and move past this and do other stuff or explore other ideas such that it's really hard to compare them because they're just they're like
0: it It's they're standing in, on they're on some other sort of planet, thing. you know it, it, this has already raised the bar, and so they're building on top of that by doing something yeah completely different and I on... think
1: that most of the ones that try to be that try to be on this planet <laughs> are not written by Nora Ephron, directed by Rob Reiner, starring Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal and Carrie Fisher, like yeah, what are you <laughs> and trying to do with the mustache <laughs> What are you trying to do with yourselves like come on, people,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, the, 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 I mean, again, haven't seen anywhere near as many as you have, but like, uh, I recently finally saw Crazy culture- Stupid we Love. Have, our, um, our have you seen that one?
1: I, you know what? I actually have not seen Crazy Stupid Love. I've heard it's I,
0: I, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I, uh, I, I did really enjoy it. I'm not sure if I really have enough to say about it to put on the list per se, but I feel like that's a movie, uh, that you, that you should see at some point on, on it's, your own. I think it's, it's, it's pretty
1: ridiculous that I haven't considering my very like well publicly documented love for Ryan Gosling. It's a little weird that I haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> and we've also uh, talked about our mutual appreciation for Emma Stone and Steve Carell and I mean like everyone in the movie is great. Um, yeah. Anyway, that Also back to this movie. in
1: response to in response to your question by the way, this is not my own answer. But <laughs> I can say that there is a vulture article that is literally called the twenty five best romantic comedies since when Harry met Sally. Well there and you it's, go. And its intro is essentially the thing I was just talking about, about <laughs> how this movie like really helped define and and establish like the rom com as we know it. And, you know, then here's a list of a bunch of them. But it's actually a slideshow, so I can't scroll through it quickly. Yeah. But anyway, I can I can send that to you for your your Thoughts. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've, looked this, <laughs> I've looked at the future um, viewing. I've looked at the some of the some of them are things that are on our podcast list. I've looked at it before. I know I've I've read the article before. And uh, I think that I, you know, I agree with some and I don't agree with others. Yeah. But
0: anyway. Um, so j- talking generally about rom coms, uh, something I realized. Um, well, first, I should I should just say that uh, any any movie like this, I, I love seeing technology, period technology. of You know, <laughs> my just, favorite you, the- part
1: is Meg Ryan's hair. Yeah,
0: yes, I've seen that change over time. Yeah,
1: it's that's the best thing.
0: <laughs> but I was I was thinking, um, in this one where uh, where Billy Crystal is calling Meg Ryan's phone and like leaving voicemails.
2: Hi, I'm not home right now. I'll call you right back. If you're there, please pick up the phone. I really want to talk to you.
0: The fact that you're not answering leads me to believe you're either a not at home. B, home, but don't want to talk to me. Or C, home, desperately want to talk to me, but trapped under something heavy. If it's
2: either A or C, please call me back.
0: Like that's a rom-com trope that will never really get back. The idea of the the answering machine automatically going to speakerphone, yeah. Like that that that's such a. I feel like that's such a trope of not just this, but it's also a, a, like a,
1: there are like friends. six different friends plot lines at least that have to and do this with that. There's one
0: really famous episode of Seinfeld where where that's a big plot point. Of, oh my god, uh, yeah. Sw- swapping out the tape. I mean, I'm sure there's a million movies that I'm not thinking of right now where, where that's a that's a factor. Um, so it's just kind of like a small point, but I was thinking about that during that scene about like oh well this is actually a really important part of their relationship and this is something that how would how would they handle this today i mean it wouldn't be email you know like who, who wants to watch someone reading emails <laughs>
1: well a lot of um a lot of shows are uh are, are have have gotten very good about um about text messaging
2: yeah, um, t- TV shows. Uh,
1: the mindy project is is a good example um because that's on our list uh that that show very much fashions itself as again a rom-com it's very much in you know this tradition and the other grand traditions of sleepless in seattle and all the rest mm-hmm. uh and that show is really good about text messaging and and this is something a lot of tv sh- i don't know that i've seen a movie yet doing this although i'm sure they exist but a lot of tv shows have gotten good about about having text bubbles that pop up on the screen and you watch the character type something out in a race at six times and you see yeah, the emojis yeah. they send and two
0: movies that come to mind that have done this one is Unfriended which was a shitty oh, horror movie Oh yeah, that movie. was a horror movie. Yeah, I, with, that that's a movie where um, it, it and takes, takes takes place entirely not not with the text bubbles popping up over live action. The, the movie takes place entirely on the computer screen. Um, and that that movie does it really well. It's not it's not a great movie overall, but that it like it it's Almost brilliant what it does with, like, typing and retyping and all of that.
1: Crazy Ex-Girlfriend did a whole episode that's essentially... The um the Seinfeld episode you referenced of of yeah. trying to retrieve yeah. the answering machine tape, except it's a text message. That text wasn't meant Where for she Josh. breaks
0: into Josh's apartment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that text yeah. wasn't meant
1: for Josh exactly. But yeah. on the Mindy project, well, they and they do this they do this on Crazy Ex Girlfriend too. The the speech bubble popping up and someone typing and retyping and everything. And on yeah. both of those shows, um, they do a very good job also of uh of creating drama out of the text exchange because you see right you see like what what yeah the dot 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 of typing but also like you see what both parties in the conversation are doing during it so like you know you see why the person isn't responding to the text or you see Mm -hmm. like how you know that text that seems like it would be pretty inconsequential lands at like a particular ironic moment that makes it momentous you know like that kind of stuff so yeah i there i think text messaging might be the closest thing because like do any of us outside of like work and journalism like are any of us checking our voicemails like no i hate voicemail voicemail I is the worst yeah if my um. phone if my phone didn't have uh visual voicemail like i would never Anyway, yeah. we're way we're way off. Way topic, off track. Um, uh, back ba-
0: back to back to just uh, one more note I had on this movie. So I wrote anything about the um, the old technology, and I like the fact that it's a singing machine because karaoke wasn't a thing yet. So when they're <sighs> singing the story on the top, the, the fact that they have to like say, oh look they have to explain how it works. Um, but then uh, the thing you're talking about with the the vulture list of kind of like the best movies since Harry met Sally. Um, this is something that I took note of a couple times. I love that you where- just said
1: that like with by instead of saying like the actual name of the movie you said it as if Harry meeting Sally were like it was like a, a moment in time i <laughs> love Harry that so Sally. much
0: <laughs> um uh is so like in our obsessive consumption of you know stuff relating to movies and tv Are our we obsessed obsessive with pop, pop culture, culture disorder really Yeah. Are we? <laughs> uh to use the correct name for that for that uh disease um There's a lot of like lists of like best movies from this category or best lines from this. And so there's, I feel like there's actually several. Scenes and lines in this movie that I already knew. Obvious one being I'll have what she's having, but it's also the. Discussion I was going to ask about
1: that. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: I've, I've seen I've seen that a million times. But of course, this is the first time I understood why she's rearranging the turkey on her sandwich. I'd like I didn't get what, what was going on there before. Um, and then the scene, the conversation in the car about men and women being friends. That's really famous. And then there's um, uh, there's one other that I wrote down. Um, well, I can't remember. In any case, the. There's these things that come up on like best of lists or, or, or things like that, and this is like reinforcing for me one of my biggest pet peeves about those, where people like they'll say I'll have what she's having out of context as if it's like, you know they'll basically appeal to like the inside jokeness of like if you experience, if you heard the line for the first time in that scene without no without having it quoted at you, it's it's so much better, and it's so much funnier. Yeah. Like Everything in this movie that that I was aware of, somewhat, just from pop culture osmosis, is so much better in context. Oh yeah, and 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 like, I don't know. It's just like a, a big pet peeve of mine. Like people who who you know just quote stuff who are expecting people who haven't seen the thing to to like the same amount. It's fine to quote stuff. I do it all the time, but like I feel I feel like there's a um, there's a hype factor to this movie. Around those lines which doesn't really connect if you haven't already seen the movie. Does that make sense? I'm kind no, of it does. Here, I mean that's but.
1: that's absolutely true. And it's like you know, I mean, I take a lot of I take I like waste time by taking sporkle quizzes. Mm-hmm. And there's so many that are like naming, you know, matching the famous quote to the movie or finishing, fill in the blank in the famous quote or correct the famous quote or pick which quote is, is right. the correct one and like, blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm, I know so many of them that are not from movies that I've seen at all. And of course, the context makes it better. Of yeah. course, you know, like,
0: but I, I, Ooh, like, I, I, could imagine with, someone with saying the, like, "Oh, the, you like, haven't
1: seen Harry met Sal- when Harry
0: met Sally? I'll have what she's having," as if that that's a reason to see the movie. When it's like, no, that's just a line that you, that's, yeah. only, that's funny to you because you know what it, what comes before it, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, no, and like the, I mean, sure, the, the obviously the like the quintessential example of that has got to be Rosebud. Like, what could yeah. have less context? It literally like it makes no sense outside the context, and yet like it's out there and you hear it, and it's like, really, folks, really. Yeah. <laughs> um but no i mean that's true that's true of of lots and lots of things yeah. for sure no, it's, i, it's I definitely agree. Not specific to this and but I'm,
0: it's just like it jumped out of me here i think because the screenplay is so amazing and there's so many great lines so many great moments and the characters are so straight they're just like all of that combined it really um i think in a way that maybe other movies with great lines don't like, I feel like the first time I saw Casablanca, I knew a bunch of the big lines, and it certainly has, like, these really strong characters, but I feel like a lot of those scenes kind of work in isolation more, whereas this, I guess, this gets back to your whole thing about the lived-in relationship thing, it's like, it really does, you know, seeing the movie in as a whole. I think really, really just makes a big difference yeah. to well, why those lines are good.
1: And as much as I mean, to to return to I'll have what she's having. I mean, I assume you have you've seen the whole scene before, right? So you've seen like the conversation yeah. beforehand. So which it's she's like the sandwich, so, yeah. Which which again, like that scene, totally like if you've seen the whole scene from beginning to end, sure, that works in isolation because it's like an ongoing argument that like people have a lot um or not just a lot like sitting around in a cafe but you know what i mean it's it's an (laughs) art this is not the only place where people have had that discussion like it's an it's a thing um but like in the context first of all of of her being persnickety about her food but also in the context of like that being a huge dynamic of their relationship where he makes an arrogant pronouncement about the world and she's like no you don't know what you're talking about and you know and like and this is kind of the ultimate example about of that i mean like she argues him on a bunch of stuff but this is the one where she really quite definitively wins the damn argument and it's like Mm -hmm. and it 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 means so much more than just a one-off argument about that one thing you know to have it be like also a telling part of like the dynamic of their relationship for sure
0: yeah and uh side note i looked it up on imdb after that scene and the woman who says i'll have what she's oh having i was
1: gonna is... ask if you knew this
0: <laughs> I, I i had to look it up but Estelle reiner rob reiner's yeah. mother which
1: <laughs> that's one of that's one of you know the universe's favorite little yeah. trivia bits
0: right and and fun fact estelle reiner has a small role in the Brooks remake of to be or not to be which is the i saw the old version last night uh, anyway
1: <laughs> okay then
0: yeah uh, it, it all connects.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. There is some there is some connecting thread to a lot. Of, and we often find the connecting thread without even realizing it. For instance, as soon as – I love the well, – I will say one more thing about this movie. Yeah. I love the couples. Um, and I don't know if they're real or they're actors. I kind of think they're real. I don't know. But the couple – I
0: looked it up. Uh, it, it's real stories retold by actors.
1: Okay. Um, so I love, I love them. I think that mm-hmm. that's just a wonderful touch, especially the fact that most of them are older. Cause again, they're, yep. they're relationships that have lasted and they also, you know, it, it helps give the whole thing, this kind of more of a like universality, like a, we're exploring mm-hmm. love and relationship and romance more than like, we're showing you, the individual story of these two individuals you know it's right. kind of like it's kind of like the a similar it's like it does a similar thing to those movies that i don't know if you've seen any of, i know you haven't seen love actually have you seen any right. of the other like intertwining vaguely vaguely yeah interconnecting um, stories like valentine's day or new year's eve or i haven't seen
0: those but i I, just I not I, that this, into you yeah. I was actually going to say earlier when we were talking about movies that show texting or email on screen, uh, How to Be Single, I, I saw that one. That that one has a lot of intertwining romances.
1: Okay. Um, anyway, so, so you know, especially Love Actually, and then, like, there's a bunch of basically imitator movies. We'll get to Love Actually at some point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like they try to they try to do that, and some of them are successful, some of them are not. They try to do that by by having a million storylines. And the storylines interconnect in super either superficial or fundamental ways. The characters sort of are all in each other's orbit, you know. Um but I feel like this does that instead of having seventeen inter- interconnected storylines, they instead have pretty much just the one storyline, but then they have mm. these little interludes of of these real other couples to kind of create that, a similar effect of like, of like, you know, yeah. we're talking about love with a capital L, you know, and how it works and everything. but yeah,
0: And how it, how it's everywhere. It's not just, it's not just these people. It's right. like, it's, these are the two people who just can't, you can't like realize it quite yet. These, these are the people who are a little bit behind the curve. <laughs>
1: yeah. Although, I mean, some of the stories are, are like similar to that too, right? Like, yeah. like the couple that, um, the the guy they got divorced and then he married and like six other people later. and then they got married thirty five years later yeah like that yeah, sort yeah, of at a
0: funeral yeah um
1: but <laughs> well, anyway my favorite was
0: the the old couple that talks over each other where oh, it's I like know. you know we were born in the same hospital in the same hospital and we grew up in the we one block away from tenements. each other
2: on the Lower East Side on Delancey Street. My family moved to the Bronx he when I was lived on 10. Fordham Road. Hers moved when she was I 11. I lived on 183rd Street. For six years, she worked on the 15th floor. I worked floor for a very prominent a neurologist. Nurse, where Dr. I had Dr. a practice Bemmelin. on the 14th floor, the very same we building. never met. Never met.
1: The reason I brought this up, though, other than the fact that I love what it does in the movie, though, uh, we were talking about the sometimes unexpected ways that our, that our podcast topics interconnect. As soon as the end the movie ended and i knew that this was coming but the effect of watching it today having watched the twilight zone yesterday (laughs) um as soon as you know they had their like big kiss romantic confession scene and then it cuts away to meg ryan and billy crystal in the relationship confessional like the first time
0: we met we hated each other
1: no you didn't hate me i hated you the second time we met you didn't even remember me
0: i did too i remembered you the third time we met, we became friends.
1: We were friends for a long time.
2: And then we weren't.
1: And then we fell in love. Wrapping it up and telling the story of their relationship, I was like, <laughs> oh my god, you're totally going to call me on this, aren't you?
0: I, I, Be- now I am. I wasn't thinking that's that. Because
1: but... well, that was, in case you haven't listened to our Twilight Zone episode, that was 100% my, like, Basically, my only beef with Twilight Zone was that they would do, like, wrap up a nice a episode the and then be like, here's what you just watched. And that's totally <laughs> what Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal did.
2: It turns like, out hey,
1: that we men fell and women Did you notice be friends, we just spent 12 years falling in, in love? Twilight
0: Zone. <laughs> uh, last thought I had, I feel really sorry for anyone named Sheldon who, who has the
2: famous <laughs> movie.
1: Um, the, only, <laughs> the only, like, famous as Sheldon that I'm aware of is uh, the character on... Big Bang Theory, so.
0: Okay, I was going to show it in White House. Oh, that's true! (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so a United States Senator and a character on the Big Bang Theory and an (laughs) off-screen character in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, Anyway. on that note, Eric, what are we going to do next time?
0: Uh, Next time, I've been going back and forth about uh, what we're going to do because it's not, there's no, unfortunately, no immediate direct link that occurs to me, so I'm just going to. You never
1: know, though. The yeah, I'm arise. sure. I'm sure we'll
0: find one after the fact. Um, we are going to be playing another video game next time. Yeah. Uh, but as before, is that because I it's... made you watch
1: a romantic comedy? It no, is, not at it? all.
0: Because I, re- I really enjoyed this. Um, this is not punishment. This is this is a reward. Uh, you get to do more podcasts with me. <laughs> um, we're gonna be we're gonna be playing a uh, video game that. Um, is extremely weird and requires no uh, platforming skill the way Super Mario Brothers did, so hopefully that won't be an obstacle. <laughs> um, we're going to be playing a game called The Stanley Parable, which has been on our list since the beginning. Okay, um, It's basically what if Tom Stoppard wrote a video game, and it's amazing. <laughs> All right,
1: I'm, I'm not going to lie, that's an intriguing concept.
0: Yeah, so uh, that's next time. Until then, Emily... Where else can we find you on the internet?
1: I'm on Twitter at EJ Reports.
0: And I'm on Twitter at Hey Hey ESJ. This is Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, signing off. It
2: had to be
0: you. This has been Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. For more, visit gvnpodcast.com. It had to be you.
2: I wandered around. I finally found somebody who would make me be true.